part one was so much fun. We had to do a part two to show you exactly what to do, all the tactics, all the tools to make your autobiographical dreams come true. How to write your epic, awesome autobiography. Part two is coming at y'all right now, right here. This is the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast with tips, tools, and biblical truth to build your brand, business, or ministry. If you're a Christian speaker, writer, coach, or entrepreneur, this is the podcast you've been praying for. Get ready to increase your impact, income, and influence. Here are your hosts, the mother, her son, and his wife doing business, ministry, and life to shape the culture for Christ. Tamara Lowe, Zach Lowe, and Jillian Lowe. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the KBA podcast. We're excited to dive into part two on biographies and autobiographies. If you missed the last episode, uh, it was excellent. Coach Tam shared 11 books that got to read at least half of them to, to immerse yourself in the literature and know how to write your biography better. But this time, we're going to just dive right into the meat and potatoes, the tips and the tactics that Coach Tam has for us. So Coach Tam, take it away and, and get us started with what our audience needs to know about writing their autobiography and writing their story. Okay, I will do it. But I want to I want to bounce off of something you said at the end of part one. You were talking about we recommended 11 books that people read and you were talking about the covers like this one, The Sun Does Shine. This is about the wrongful 30-year imprisonment of Anthony Ray Hinton for for um, murders that he did not commit. And but you can see the prison bars and the sun. It's it's really beautiful. And you were saying that people do judge a book by its cover, but let me tell you a little secret. They also judge the book by the back cover. And so I want to just show you, I haven't even looked at these, but you can see that they're mostly quotes that are on the back covers, and they're not jammed in from margin to margin. Um, to me, that is one of the one of the novice mistakes of of writers who are putting together their books is that they just jam every word they can possibly get in with all the margins. This one has some pictures on the back and so on. So um, let's talk now about some ways that we can make your autobiography really epic and awesome and a page turner. So we're going to start with tip number one is we want a gripping opening hook. And what I really love to see is I love to see a cold opening. So let's say, for instance, um, uh, I could I could open up some of these and read you some of some of these that we've recommended. But um, Unbroken, this book right here, this guy survived at at sea for like 96 days after a plane crash in World War II. Well, a, a cold opening on this book might be he is in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and sharks are circling his little plastic raft. Um, wow, I want to know what happens next, right? Um, the Let's see, The Many Lives of, of Mama Love. So this is a soccer mom who got addicted to heroin and started stealing the uh, cash and credit cards out of her neighbor's wallets when they were at soccer games and just going into cars in her neighborhood and seeing what she could find. Well, 
cold opening here might be the day the police burst in and her children are crying and screaming and they're locking her up and she's freaking out because she hid the heroin in her uh, in her dresser drawer, right? So that's that's a good way to start um, an autobiography is just take sort of like the most dramatic thing that has happened and start there. And then you can kind of unpack the rest of the story around that that opening hook. And you can go back in time. You can go forward in time. I think a, a fun kind of technique is a circular, like where you start someplace, you go through a whole story, and then you circle back to where you started and unpack something else that that happened at the beginning. So that's tip number one, is we want a gripping opening hook. Number two, and I, I can't, this could be number one, okay, because it's so important, is great writing, excellent writing, awesome storytelling, okay? So we don't we don't want this to to be a dry, boring read. We want it to be pretty. We want it to sound nice. We want it to sing and dance and and really be enjoyable to read because the writing is just so excellent. The way that you become an excellent writer is to become a very good reader, a good book. And and listen to what you like, that turn of phrase that you like, that little, the way that they injected humor right there, um, maybe in the midst of a tense moment, something funny is said. Learn the skills of good writing before you write your autobiography. Zachy, I see your wheels turning. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I was actually thinking, Coach Tam, um, on that point, it reminds me of when our house got broken into in St. Croix and you were held at gunpoint for well over an hour uh, going through the house, the people wanting to see things. And they came to this like board game that was like in the shape of a treasure chest and like open up the treasure chest and there's these little gold coins. And they're like, is this real? You like, hold up. It's, it's fake. It's a game. <laughs> yeah. So the you know there there always is humor in in our experiences and I and that's actually on my list too but we won't jump ahead. Um, let's let's do number three. Okay, I have ten tips for you. So number three is vulnerability. Vulnerability. So what we want you to do in your autobiography is look at the ugly parts with honesty, but not self pity. And I, this is this is a quote that has really stuck with me over the years and has really been helpful to me as well. Uh, we live, as you know, in a cancel culture where if people don't like something that you say or do, they're going to unsubscribe from from your network. And in unfortunately, in the in the Christian realm, uh, they may also continue to destroy your reputation by by talking about you and writing about you. And even if they don't, there's lots of people on the internet who hide behind anonymity to say nasty things. But here's the thing is if you expose your own um, embarrassing parts of your life, nobody can ever do an expose on you. And if you put it in the light of the gospel, look, this is what God redeemed me from. You don't have to have any nasty secrets. 
because you've gotten it all out there. And I read a long time ago that in the public eye, what people are interested in when somebody's had sort of a fall from grace or a public failure, they're not so much interested in the, the lurid, detestable details of the story. They're interested in how well you can take a punch. They're interested how you're going to hold up under a beating. That's what they're looking at. And if you will carry yourself with dignity, then then that will be respected, even if the details of your story are kind of disrespectful, right? And and kind of make you look bad, right? So so I found that to be a good practice just in life in general, but especially when you're writing your autobiography, look at the ugly parts, be honest about it, take personal responsibility, and and don't try to justify it or um come across as being like you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're full of self-pity. I've read a couple of autobiographies that were sort of like that, and they get crucified in the reviews. All right, number four, and Zach, you had mentioned this earlier about what you like about biographies and autobiographies, is inspiration value. And I, and I think that that is a main takeaway, is as you start writing the outline for your autobiography, think about where are the inspiring parts of this story and what can the reader take away from it that will really help them, that will help them grow, that will help them um, to reframe the negative things that have happened to them in the positive light of the value that has been derived from it. Zach, feel free to pop in at any point. No, I love it. I love it, Coach Tim. We're all sitting at your feet enjoying this. Okay, excellent. Number five, I want to see your autobiography somehow communicate resilience. The resilience of the human mind, the resilience of the body. Some of the books that I had recommended in part one, um, like Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, um, the one that I referenced earlier by Anthony Ray Hinton, The Sun Does Shine, um, uh, Unbroken by Laura Hildebrand. These, these show the resilience of the human body and really difficult cir- circumstances and how people mentally survived. In, in Unbroken, there's a, there's a part of the story where uh, these people who are in the prison camps in World War II, they were starving to death, like literally starving to death. And there's something that happens in the mind where the mind gets so clear, and the, it's kind of like one of the values of fasting and prayer, where the mind gets so clear when somebody is is physically deprived of nutrition. And the author described one of the inmates sat for hours just like this, looking down and flipping a page, an imaginary page. And people said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm so bored. I'm rereading my college textbooks. And he could remember every every word, and he sat for hours reading his old college textbooks. So interesting. So uh, having having that element, adding it intentionally, the resilience of the human mind, body, and spirit. Number six. Can I jump in on that one first, Coach? Yeah. On, on the inspiration factor, because I think there's kind of two things that that we could you know try to prompt ourselves with that you are kind of getting at, Coach Tam that we see that kind of draws inspiration that kind of motivates and inspires people is what's possible 
right? By seeing like what has been like the dark, deep valley that, you know, Coach Tam, when you've told your story, you talk about, you know, being in a pit so deep that you said there's not enough life in my lifetime to climb out of this, yeah. right? So seeing like what's possible and coming out of tragic situations and with that, what it takes, what it takes. There's actually a great uh, entrepreneur biography about the guy who started BlackRock, co-founded it, uh, called What It Takes, right? And I just, that title like kind of grabbed me because that's kind of part of the reason why we read these types of inspirational tales is because we want to know what's possible and what it takes. So as you're, you're writing and as you're communicating, Coach Tom just said in the chat, these are all great keys to all forms of communication. But to kind of prompt yourself in in your writing and in your preparing of of your work of we want to show what's possible and what it takes. Like people want to glean that from your story. Right. Amen. Amen. And I'll go over this list again at the end. Our our live audience is saying, what was number three? What was number two? So I'll go over the list again at the at the end. All right. Number six, showing, not telling. We want descriptive writing. We want dialogue. Um, number seven is ruthless editing. We don't want unneeded, wordy, boring detail. So number six, we want to be descriptive, yes, but number seven, we don't want it to be um, unnecessarily full of boring detail. And I know that probably all of us have read books like that where, you know, it's like seven pages of your grandmother's farm. Enough already. Okay. We get it. You're on a farm, right? <laughs> so we don't, we don't want, we don't want that because that turns readers off. All right. Um, number eight is surprises, twists, and turns. And, and you have to be really a skillful writer to write this into your story because you could just get it all out there, but then you've just ruined it. You just ruined the surprise for somebody. If you write it in a different way, now all of a sudden you can weave in these twists and turns and where uh, I know I've, I've been reading or listening to books at times where I will literally gasp and go, oh, no, no way, really, right? Has, has that ever happened to you? We want that to be in your book. Give us a couple of surprises, twists and turns that will make us gasp and be shocked and and that's fun that's fun for a reader number nine is humor especially in tense situations if you can if you can work in humor i was just reading recently uh the many lives of mama love by laura love harden and when she was first brought into prison uh she was a soccer mom who got addicted to heroin and ended up um, perpetrating identity theft on her neighbors. Well, when she when she got locked up, it's a very tense situation, very dramatic of how she gets pulled out of her home and away from her kids that are crying, and she gets thrown into a jail cell with uh, a woman who is um, she's got a lollipop and she has twisted it into a point, and she threatens her with her little. I'm going to shank you with my lollipop, you know? So like those kinds of things are kind of fun for a reader when you throw in humor into a tense situation. All right, number 10, final final tip here is develop a core concept. Great autobiographies usually have a central idea that unifies the entire story throughout the book. So ask yourself, what will readers take away from my story? Persevering love, faith in the face of hardship, overcoming 
the odds, tough obstacles, going from rags to riches, or lessons learned over time are all inspiring themes. You could also include accepting change, dealing with loss, overcoming addiction, surviving abuse, impressions from uh, the experiences that you were having, things that you thought during that time, valuing friendships and relationships. So what is important to the story of your life? Determine one main reoccurring theme, and that will help weave continuity and interest throughout your autobiography. All right, I'm going to go over these tips again as we close. Number one, have a gripping opening hook. Make it so that the first paragraph that they read, they're in. They, they, you got buy-in right from the beginning. I got to find out what happens next. Number two, great writing, excellent writing, creative writing, poetic writing, awesome storytelling. Number three, vulnerability. Look at the ugly parts with honesty, but not self, self-pity. Number four, inspiration value. What did you learn? What applies to the reader? Make sure that you know that from the onset and that you include it in your autobiography. Number five, communicate the resilience of the human mind, body, and spirit. Number six, showing, not telling, descriptive writing, and lots of dialogue. That's a lot of fun. Number seven, ruthless editing. Edit, edit, edit. The more you edit, the better it will get. We don't want unneeded, wordy, boring detail. Number eight is surprises, twists, and turns. Number nine is humor. And number 10, develop a core concept. Excellent, Coach Tam. Excellent, excellent rundown. Love both of these episodes. If you missed the last one that included the 11 book recommendations, go back and watch that. But this was amazing. Thank you, Coach Tam. And uh, we love you guys. We bless you guys. See you next time on the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. Bye, everybody. Hi, this is Tamara Lowe, founder of Kingdom Builders Academy, here with a free gift for you, our loyal podcast listener. We're giving away free copies of my newest book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your Purpose. You can download your free copy right now at onpurposebook.com. That's www.onpurposebook.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast today. Join us again for our next exciting exciting episode.